The current spoiler warning level is Azure. Friends and folks, for this episode, you're looking at a spoiler warning level of Azure. We're talking about a machine from Mobile Suit Gundam 0083 Stardust Memory and uh, various components of it because it is a combining machine. And then just various prototypes and things uh, from the Solomon Express Design Series, which is, uh, you know, just basically MSV, but for 0083. Um, a design from Mobile Suit Gundam G Strategy, which is a tabletop game. Just a bunch of interesting side material. So please enjoy the episode. Hello, friends and folks, and welcome back to another episode of Mecha Nista NG. What is the most Mecha soda? I'm Six Stepmar from Scanline Media. Uh, I'm Dylan. Uh, that I don't know. It's probably been like, uh, you know, Japan's probably had like a, you know, Char's Pepsi or some uh, stupid there, shit. I actually do think there was a Gundam Pepsi promotion. Of course there fucking was. Uh, at some point. Which, you know, given that I drink Pepsi, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Yeah, Gundam Front. Uh, oh, and you know what? It's fun, though, because they do have unique Okawara artwork on them. Of course they do. Yeah, here. Uh, they were exclusively at Gundam Front, so I'm assuming if you went to Gundam Front Tokyo, you could just, like, if you ordered a Pepsi, they would give you a can in one of the special cans. To be fair, it's yeah. good Okawara art. <laughs> yeah, it's solid. Um, I think all of that is actually completely original for... Uh, these. Oh, they, there was also, um, there was also at some point for Pepsi, what the fuck was Pepsi Next? I drink Pepsi and I don't know what Pepsi Next was. Is that like some Pe offshoot Are, you, are you saying Pepsi Next? Like the no, N-E-X. Next. Next. Pepsi Next. I've never heard of this. Um, oh, it's a zero calorie Pepsi from Japan. Okay, well, they did a uh, special Pepsi next. It's really funny because it's... I would actually want this RX-78 if only because it's just completely monochrome. It's not even Pepsi colors. It's kind of cool looking. It is actually kind of cool looking, yeah. Like, if you didn't put the Pepsi decals on it, it'd actually just be a neat looking Gundam, honestly. I didn't, because it was trying, Google was trying to helpfully provide other information. I never knew this. Did you know what the original name of Pepsi was? What? If it was called this, I might buy it. It what? was called Brad's Drink. Oh. It was invented by a guy named Brad, and he's like, this is Brad's Drink. I, I know it's just my weird thing, because I know people who like other sodas. Or or I have, like, the people in my life that are just like, all soda is disgusting, and sure, I get it. But also, look, I have friends that smoke. I have friends that did drink. Uh, my vice is I drink Pepsi. I like, I like my Pepsi, and that's the only one I like, really, for soda. Coke tastes too warm. I think I've complained about this before. Hmm. I think it's probably the cinnamon. Yeah, it just always tastes warm to me. Even when it's very cold, it tastes warm to me. Um, I don't know. Just how that goes. Um, whereas Pepsi always tastes kind of cold to me, which I like. I, I like drinking cold drink. Yeah, I personally, I like. I don't like Pepsi because I just feel like... I, I don't feel like the flavor is as complex, and it doesn't feel like a good substitute to me. You know what I used yeah. to like that I don't like anymore in that regard is Dr. Mm. Pepper. Yeah, I've kind of turned on Dr. Pepper with age as well. 
Yeah, when I was young, I used to love Dr. Pepper, and then for whatever reason, like, every time I've had it recently, it's just been like, uh, it's, it, it's just, I don't know. I mean, it's drinkable, but it's just like, eh, yeah, I'm not don't a big like fan it. of this. This yeah. The problem is, when so- uh, soda is just drinkable, at that point, I'd rather just get a water or something, you know? Reasonable. Like, reasonable. from a restaurant or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, restaurant water. Well, shush you. You know what I mean. Like, <laughs> if they have soda at a restaurant, usually I will order a Pepsi, but if they don't have, if they're using Coke products or they don't have Pepsi or whatever, I usually just get water. That's just how I am. Gotcha. Anyway. I often do that, too. So. Alright. But, let's roll from this big list. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, let's die. Okay, hey, early you see. Thank you, list. Woo! I'm okay with well, early you see. I should be thanking the die, not the list. But, <laughs> um. Yeah, the list, the list is static. It's always been in this order. Hmm. Okay. I'm gonna do an... Unc- we have 14 on this list. I do not have a D14. And rolling digital die is just never satisfying. That's fair. Um, so I'm gonna do a 8 and a 6, and I know that will mean that both we can't get the 1, um, and also that it, it, you know, messes up the averages. But I don't care. I'm gonna do it. Because the stuff at the end of this list is interesting. How about this? If we roll the exact minimum... We'll, we'll flip a coin. Well, we didn't. Oh, we didn't. Well, then, yeah, it doesn't matter. In fact, we managed to... I'm Okay. I don't want to be too biased here. We managed to pick maybe the least interesting thing to talk about. <laughs> okay. Well, give me a number. And see, you see, uh, so I might be able to actually get this. Oh, if you don't... I mean, I could get this. Okay. What is it? RX seventy eight GP zero three S. Oh, I wonder what that could be. I wonder what could be the GPO three S. Like I say, the least interesting thing. Like not like I dislike it, but like as far as like wow, that's exciting. It's like that's the fucking stamen, bro. I don't know. Did we do the um? Did we already do the GPO one? Uh huh. Okay, just kind of remember. Yeah, right. Because we also yeah no. There's nothing to talk about on this because it's just going to be the GPO three. Uh, stamen, then the dendrobium, and then a couple of offshoots from the uh, dendrobium. Uh-huh. I think we've even already talked about the blossom, so... Yeah, we already talked about the blossom. That's why I was like, oh, wait, yeah. There's, like, nothing. Um, well... I guess we'll start, though. <laughs> yeah. So, the GPO3S stamen is a mobile suit from 0083 Stardust Memory. It is piloted by Ko Oraki. Uh, it is the suit he uses towards the end... Uh, he does not use it in mobile suit mode very often, but he does use it in mobile suit mode a couple of times. Um, it, I mean, it's, so, for the base design, for the stamen, the head is a very, it's an interesting head, because here's the thing about the stamen, right? This is a design that is actually by Hajime Katoki, right? Hmm. The reason why this is weird, though, is because the head... So the GPO-1 is Shoji Kawamori, and the GPO-2 is also Shoji Kawamori. I would mm-hmm. say even this head on the GPO-3 actually still feels very Shoji Kawamori, um, to me at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so the head is, I mean, it's a Gundam head. Uh, it's got a V-Fin with a forehead jewel, the red, uh, red forehead jewel. The V-Fin has a little bit of detail on the base, like a little, it has like a little 
bit of uh, like an inset line on the base of either side of the V-fin, as well as having like, it kind of, I don't want to say tapers, but you know, like the bottom of it is thick and then it goes to the point after like a little bump. I don't know how to put that word. Um, you have the forehead uh, camera, which is mounted on the mohawk, which of course it's a back to front mohawk. Um, camera on either side of that. Um, the head, so on the head itself, another interesting thing actually is you actually have a couple of antenna that are just on the head, uh, on mm -hmm. the, uh, on the head's left side. Um, so when you're looking at it, the right, but the head's left, um, just, you know, just to break it up, which I actually kind of, I always like when you have like these intermediary, like antenna on the head. So mm -hmm. I, I am, I am okay with that. Um, but then, um, moving on to, like, other details going on in the head. So, for the cheeks, you have these, like, cool, like, round sort of bolt-looking parts. Um, like, on either side. They have the, they have the, like, the usual cheek vents above and below. But then, mm -hmm. like, just in the middle, you have these nice, like, cir circular parts. Um. Do you read this as, like, a radome, or? Uh, I would have Tiny to assume, given that it's on the head, that, yeah, it's, like, a small radome or something, just given mm -hmm. where it's located. Um, so I can't really think of anything else that would be on the head shaped like that. Um, another weird thing that this Gundam has is right above the eyes, it actually has, like, a weird black line going around the forehead. And it's a little harder to tell unless you're looking at it from the side, the way that this is, like, angled, but basically, like... Because the forehead is so far in front of the eyes here, it's 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 kind of weird. I think it's supposed to be an extra vent. Yeah, it's just an extra vent. It's just, like, it's located weird. in a weird spot. Yeah. Um, and actually, you should note, on the side of the head, this kit never has to worry about having a seam line look bad, because, technically speaking, located around the entire, like, like from the side of the head, you know, all the way to the other side, you know, even through the mohawk, there's a bl thick black line. And then also on the back of the head, there's a very clear seam line. Uh-huh. It's really interesting, actually. It's like a Gundam that was made to be okay with having seam lines. Which is funny, because it's not like this... Well, I say that this didn't have a kit back in the day. Maybe the GPO-3S did, though. Let me take a look. The The Dendrobium didn't have a kit uh, until... They it had did a kit hybrid. in 1992. Yeah. Well, well I'm saying the gpo 3 Okay, yeah, they did do a stamen, just not a dendrobium. Yeah, okay. that's what I'm saying. Gotcha. Just was curious. Um, but yeah, it it is very funny to me though that the head is just like pre seam lined, mm -hmm. um, in that way. Uh, but yeah. So moving on, uh, the face itself very standard Gundam face. It looks you know very much. I mean, nothing too special about it, right? It's you've got. On the face itself, it's got the two lines going down on either side uh, that surround, like, the main maiden mask in the middle, which has two vents on it. It has, you know, a jutting out red chin. It's got the two green eyes, and they have red lining around the eyes on the bottom. Very, in a lot of ways, like, it's, it, this is a weird head in that it is not, like, every other head, but it has a, it, it doesn't feel super unique still, even if it has, like, a lot of weird things going on with it. Like, mm. the weird, uh, the weird antenna on the one side and, like, you know, the weird, like, cheek radomes and, like, the line on the forehead. It, it's, it still feels like a very standard UC Gundam head, though. 
on the whole. Um, for the torso, um, you've got a torso that has, uh, kind of interestingly, uh, not much of a collar. The collar is blue, so it just kind of blends in with the upper torso. It does have a little bit of a collar, but, you know, it's not, like, differentiated with a different color. Um, mm -hmm. the torso also has, like, a three-part segmentation that looks really, like, like, if you're looking at it, you know, from top to bottom, it's got an upper torso, then you've got, like, two midsection pieces in white. But if you're also going across, it's got, like, the left half, the right half, and then the whole central area. Which is just kind of interesting that it's, like, the way this chest is divided up. Mm -hmm. um, on the top middle, you do have a visible green camera. Uh, on the left and right side, towards, like, the breast area, you've got I, a vent on either side. I think these might be able to pop open. Um, given their design, they 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 are not harboring secret thrusters, though, unlike the uh, GPO one or weird. Well, I shouldn't a, a weird feature that was in the Lucifer. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. Then uh, you've got oh, sorry, the, not the not the Lucifer. I'm thinking of the uh, fucking. I was like, wait. I, um, but the Camaris, the Camaris of the Dar. Whatever oh, one that has yes. the weird, like, yeah. Oh, uh, the original, or, no, the, uh, Trooper. Trooper. Anyway. Um. But, yeah, in the middle, though, you also got a, a red cockpit hatch. Um. And then, on the little white segmentations, uh, nothing too crazy, though you do have a seam line down the sides of them. And then, on the front, you do have, on the middle one, like, these two little, like, just panel lining marks, like, just little tick marks in there, just for extra detail. Mm -hmm. um, for the shoulders, uh, very simple shoulders, just, like, kind of an interesting setup. They have very clear, like, front, back, and central armor uh, components. Like, a clear three-piece design going on. Um, the front and back, uh, the way they are designed is they have thrusters, or, like, vents facing on the outside. I'm assuming thrusters. Um... Uh, just two, like, large holes, basically. Um, and then towards, like, where it connects to the body, there is on the upper half of the shoulder, like, a little detail mark. Um, on the center bit, uh, nothing real, no real detail, just, uh, you know, you can tell that there's a central bit of armor, and the end of it kind of sticks out of the shoulder a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. just has, like, a little cap sticking out. And then the rear part looks the same as the front, so. Uh, yeah. Um, moving on. The upper arm, this has your classic, has, like, the upper arm under the shoulder, which has, like, a little overhang protecting part of the bicep, but then that's separate from the bicep itself. The bicep is actually very simple on this design, just a square uh, bicep. Uh, where this gets fancy is when you get to the forearm. So the, the top part of the forearm is very plain. Uh, then the other side of the forearm, though, the back... Uh, very not plain, uh, you have, like, uh, what is very clearly, like, a bunch of different sections going on, um, like, you've got the low, the part that is actually connected to the forearm, there's a big seam line there, and then there's a cap of armor on top of that, and at the end, in between both these slapped-together pieces of armor, you can see, like, what looks like an elbow when it's closed up, but what this actually is, is a subarm, um, because these actually have, like, long-extending folding arms uh, that can pop out. Uh, I think it's mostly for use with uh, quickly um, grabbing its own weapons from the uh, storage racks on the uh, Dendrobium. Uh, the, I think the so. Orcus, yeah, yeah uh, unit. Um, and otherwise, like, you know, 
it's it's just got some extra basically it has some extra arms though that it can fold out the arms are about three times longer than its normal arms um when fully extended the hands same old hands that you expect from uc uh on a gundam type uh now for the part of the suit i really like uh on the waist so for the crotch you just got a red piece in the middle though it does have a divide in the central crotch armor that makes it look like it's like making almost a face to me um like it looks like a weird it looks like a leo trying to smile to me and i hate that um okay a leo from gundam wing because it's got the red eye in the middle that's like the square eyes that the leos have and of course the the mouth of the leo which is on the chest uh i look it's Mm -hmm. i'm not saying that direct i'm just saying it's just fuck off anyway the, the skirts are designed, they look very similar to the shoulders, uh, wherein they have just, like, two large, like, gaps on the bottom, uh, of, on either side, like, just two big, uh, holes that are kind of, let me see what that shape is, I guess it's kind of an octagon, looking at it, actually, kind of octagonal. I don't know, it's weird because they are, like, clearly drawn as having, like, lines, but they're not completely straight, so... Yeah. But they're not completely rounded either. Um, but, uh, yeah, just two, like, gaps on there, and then it has, like, little tick marks on the outer parts, uh, just, like, little holes drilled into the armor. Uh, the part that I really like, though, are these side skirts. So for the side skirts, you've got these really big skirts that are swept back, and then they just keep going, because these are big thrusters attached to the side skirts. Uh, I mm-hmm. believe they're actually, like, all one piece also with the... Um, with the rear skirt like i think they're all connected but basically like you've got this really cool like swept back uh side skirts that have pretty big thrusters in them um they look very you know what this design actually has a lot of elements of now that i think about it and i've never really thought about it uh these look like they would be parts of like the gerbera tetra same with like how the chest has the camera on it like the gerbera tetra um Hmm. which i just think is kind of interesting that's what these side skirts remind me of, though, is, like, if you had moved, like, some of the, like, like the back thrusters or the shoulder thrusters of the Gerbera Tetra and made them into, like, long side skirts. Um, but, yeah, uh, and they've, these skirts themselves also have a couple of fins coming off of them. Um, and then when you hit the rear skirt, you also have, like, two fins sticking out of the back. Uh, I was trying to see if I could find a good picture of the direct back of it, because, obviously... With the way these side skirts swipe backwards, it's actually really hard to see the back of the suit. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I would have to look. Uh, yep, okay. Um, it does. It just has the two fins. That's it. Uh, there's no actual rear skirt. Uh, you can oh, see okay. it in this GFF art here. You can see that the oh. back of the legs are actually kind of bare. Um, well, it looks like there's a little bit of a skirt underneath it, doesn't it? Uh, let me double check on a model. See, I was seeing that as just the leg armor, like the thigh armor there. It kind of looks like a Gundam, like like RX seventy eight, you know, original kind of, very style minimal, like close minimal skirt mm. to me. But me I could be wrong. Yeah, I'm gonna check Dalong. Do you have a direct rear picture, Dalong? Uh oh yeah, it looks like on the Master Grade actually, it's a lot more visible. Uh now I will say I think the Master Grade just has a different design than the GFF possibly, but it does have skirts there. Yeah, I, I assume, like, I think it probably looks a little different, but I think it's the same basic structure there, where it has yeah. a just a very minimal yeah. bit of armor Yeah, okay, there. so it does have more than I thought there. Um, 
But yeah, I just, I really like these side skirts. They're like the one thing on this design that always sticks out to me besides the arms having foldy arms in them mm-hmm. are these, these side skirts. Um, as we move on down though, the thighs, very simple thighs, nothing going on there. Um, the knees. So these parts are very reminiscent to me of like the, um, the GPO four actually, uh, like, especially like these knee parts. Um, mm-hmm. just cause it's got like these actually now that I look at it. Yeah. They are basically the same kind of, uh, leg design, huh? Um, like, uh, the Gerbera has oh, a yeah. couple of extra details, but now that I look at it, um, like, the actual shape of the knees, though, where you've got, like, these tall knees with this little, like, gray cap on the top. That's the same on the GPO-4. Now, mm-hmm. it does change some of the details, because as you move down, the bottom of the knee here has a bunch of vents cut into it instead of having, like, the singular, like, little thruster in the middle. And it doesn't have the little scoops on either side. Instead, on the calves, it just has some holes cut into them. Um, though at the bottom of the leg, uh, it does have some cameras, which is actually very similar to some of Katoki's other suits from this show. Namely, the Jim Quell, uh, has the cameras on the bottom of the leg, which gets carried over into Advance of Zeta, where the Hazels have these kinds of cameras as well. Sure. Um, but yeah, just interesting. Got the cameras down there. Uh, and then no, nothing, no, like extra, like big thrusters or anything uh just the back of the calves has some holes in it you do have a lot of very thick lines that's the thing uh not just with the head we mentioned the head one uh but like with the way that the shoulder is divided and the way that these legs are designed there's a lot of very thick like seam lines on this suit like that are intentionally there because you also have one on the knee there you have one on the calf going across and then you've got ones going down uh the center of the legs on the side and i wonder what the intention like I, I, if I was thinking, like, oh, is this supposed to be because it's incomplete? But I think what the show says, it's, it is complete. It just hasn't been tested. Yeah. Um, and then I'm like, well, is it, like, trying to, like, art-wise like art wise differentiate it because it's, like, it's Lucette's project as opposed to being fucking... Uh, why, how do I remember the, uh, the hard name? And now I was going to say, wait, yeah, one. what? <laughs> well, the fucking... Don't, don't tell me. I'll get it. I think Nina, Nina Purpleton. Yes. So like, as opposed to the one and two, which are Nina's project. I don't know. It's hard to tell, especially because actually a lot of later, uh, like later games and whatnot tend to actually like thin out these lines. Like if you look huh. at the, for instance, if you look at the art in GBO two, you can see the, the lines are there, but they're definitely played a lot more like modern panel lining and not as much like just these thick seam lines. True, as as and that's the case with the fixed figuration as well. And hell, if you look at the uh, GPO three here from um, this is drawn by Kyoshi Takigawa, uh, for the uh, Master Archive. Um, this also doesn't actually have like as thick of lines going on. I like that art. Yeah, it's pretty good art. Um, Makes me like this machine a little more. Because <laughs> my my big problem with this machine is, I mean, we're we're about to get into it. I'm I'm jumping the gun a bit, but it has this like kind of interesting but still pretty traditional Gundam look, and then it just has Gundam weapons, and it's kind of boring. Yeah. Well, real quick. Uh, so for the ankles, uh, really big ankles going on on this suit actually. So you've got the actual ankle armor. I know you say instep armor, but I did just uh, what was it that I was looking at? I was looking at another art book, and they just labeled it, even though it's only covering the front as ankle armor as well. So I mean that like... that is ankle armor. The instep armor is the se- the sp- specific panel that goes down over the top of the foot. Oh, I know, but that 
I, well, that's what I'm saying, though, is in one of the Master Archives, they, they was, I can't remember what suit it was. It was one of the ones that only had, like, in-step armor, and it's still labeled in ankle armor. Well, fuck them. I mean, that's just what that part is always called now. I just was, you know, I, I was just being silly about it. Anyway, the ankle armor itself, though, does have some holes in the back, and then... I actually really like this element of it. Uh, on the sides, like, right before, like, the part that goes over the instep is, it does have, like, these really deep grooves with uh, gray detail in them. I just think that's... Mm -hmm. It's really cool looking. Uh, they're yeah. very fancy looking ankle armors, actually. Um, then for the feet themselves, uh, at the top of the foot, you can see, like, it's got, like, a bolt. Uh, presumably, I'm assuming that the foot can, like, kind of, like, rotate left and right on that would be the idea. Um, why that's designed so like circular and protruding like that um then you've got the top of the foot armor which is just rounded white armor it does have some line details and then you got the bottom of the feet which is like a blue color which is also a little different even though like this machine is otherwise pretty normal tricolors the feet being blue though is a little weird it mm -hmm. interestingly the ankle also actually has a top layer of white armor along with the blue on the bottom which is you know usually the uh the heel will just be all one color, so it's kind of interesting that it actually has, like, the white armor on top. Um, finally, uh, the last bit on this machine is the backpack. Uh, it does have a backpack, which is just, like, two pods, basically, that are slapped onto either side. They can, like, move up and down, um, and they have a thruster at the end along with, like, a little, um, fin sticking out that would, um, presumably for angling the thrust, um... Or just for doing AMBAC stuff. You can see how it, like, you can see the cut in the armor where they can, like, move up and down, though. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Cool-looking backpack, actually. Very, very much feels like, you know, like, an earlier version of a backpack that uh, Kotoki will actually do quite a bit on other suits. Because uh, this, you know, it almost feels even kind of like a um, Talgi's backpack or something. Mm, yeah, kind of. I'm certainly similar shape. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, uh, so going over the armaments, uh, it does have two beam sabers. Uh, the beam sabers are stored in the backpack. They pop out of the, I believe, uh, the bottom of them pops open and then the two sabers are inside of there. Um, then you've got a beam rifle. It is just the GPO one beam rifle, but the output has been improved, uh, complete oh, with good. having the jute on the bottom. Um, jute is still good. <laughs> uh it does have two folding bazookas uh which it's funny because i do I, I agree with you that its armaments are kind of boring but i do like this bazooka design actually um because it has two bazookas uh they are basically bazookas that are folded in half they can pop out uh and uh they unfold they are inside of the dendrobium itself or sorry the orcus it's mm -hmm. weird because they call it when it's combined the dendrobium when it's the stamen and the orcus together it's the dendrobium but Technically speaking, just the weapon pack itself is the Orcus. Um, so inside of the Orcus, though, the, the that's the reason the bazookas fold is so they can store in there. Uh, I do like the bazooka design, though, actually. It's like, I don't know. I just like it more than, like, the standard hyper bazooka. It, it looks more Zeta in its design, Uh huh. I think. Weirdly, though, the one thing on them that feels, like, very old-fashioned is it has the original Gundam scope going on. With it the does have the scope, original Gundam scope. It's which funny. is funny. Yeah, it's very strange to see that on a bazooka, too, which is, you know, extra weird. Um, I just like how flat they are, and I like, it's a, it's a, they're very long bazookas because of the fact that, you know, they fold. Um, they decided to make them have, like, a longer barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, 
does mention that uh, there is the regular hyper bazooka that is used by like the gyms and whatnot of this era as well, which it's an okay hyper bazooka. It's also very Zeta style of a hyper bazooka um, in design. Um, and then uh, it has its folding shield, uh, which just can fold along the vertical axis, which it's also stored inside of the um, it's stored inside of the Orcus as well. It also has uh, four e packs. Uh, that can be equipped to the rear side of it just in case it needs to, you know, attach them to the, um, beam rifle, uh, in case it needs to reload. So, yeah. Uh, and that's it though. That is all it has for the armaments on this particular form, mm-hmm. which I, I get what you mean by it being simple, but I guess the thing is, I don't think this is ever supposed to be deployed on its own really, but it is though. I mean, I mean like, I, I, I'm not just like, you know, I, Unless I'm misremembering, it's like, you know, we have, you know, like, episode 12 where it goes out in the Orcus and, you know, like, pops off. But, like, it also... Am I misremembering? I feel like there is also a part where it's just launched normal. I mean, I think when he initially steals it, it's launched normal. Oh, right, because he's stealing it. All right, fair enough. Yeah, he does steal it. Uh, Fair enough, okay. Because, yeah, the one Federation guy shoots um, the lady who worked on it, um... Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, you mean Lucette? <laughs> yeah, that you somehow remembered. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's basically it. For its equipment, though, it mentions, like, the folding arm here. It does have the tail binder, which are, you know, technically the side skirts uh, that we already talked about. They're able to, you know, move up and down and kind of move out and in a little bit. So, just fancy thrusters. Uh, now, it can be given a core block system. Uh, I don't think it has it by default, though. No, no. No. Okay, it even actually shows it as a variant down here. So, um, mm-hmm. it's a minor thing. I think it comes up in Gundam Evolve. Basically, there's a version that has a core fighter in it. It doesn't really change the actual appearance of the outward design very much. Actually, it doesn't really change it at all, now that I'm looking at it. Because it's the same design from the rear and the side. I mean, it's, you know, the Gundam Evolve proportions, but... um. Now the uh, this is from Master Archive and Master oh, Archive. No. Oh, yeah. I think you're about to point out the thing I am. Yeah. So, so Master Archive loves to actually change these things when uh, they normally weren't changed. Because if you look at the Gundam Evolve version there, and you look at the backpack, I mean, the, I guess it is a bit different, but some of that could just be chalked up to I think to the art style partially too, of Gundam Evolve. Well, mm-hmm. no, because the backpack doesn't have the fins, so I guess it is a different backpack. This makes it a lot more clear though. Right, that it's like the backpack is replaced with the back module of the core fighter, which looks noticeably different. Yeah. Uh, It's, you know, the same overall design of having two pods that can, like, rotate and have thrusters on them. But they're a little bit thinner in the middle. um, And the... I do like the detail in this particular version of the illustration here from uh, Master Archive, where the back doesn't have armor over it because... they wouldn't have armor over that because these this backpack needs to lay flush with the core fighter when it comes out. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it wouldn't be if they had armor there, they wouldn't like physically connect like that. So yeah. I love that they added a added this whole fucking um, core fighter thing for Gundam Evolve so that they could kill the pilot without having it mess up the fucking thing. <laughs> That's why. So they could be like, oh, and we need to kill this character so they don't come back up. But we also need the stamen to still be in good shape so Ko can pilot it, like, two days later. 
That's so funny. That is, that, I mean, that sounds like a Gundam Evolve thing to do, right? Yeah. Uh, or any side story in general. Um, but yeah, um, so I guess that's like a minor version to talk about. Now to talk about the actual complete ass motherfucking thing, we have the GP03 D, the Dendrobium. Um, which is to say, the, uh, the stamen docks with the Orcus, and then you get the Dendrobium. And, um, for the Dendrobium, okay, how to go over this design. Um, in the direct middle, you can see where the GPO3 is. I will not be going over the GPO3 again. Um, on either side of the shoulder, uh, on the upper half of the unit, you have giant weapon containers. Um, they are symmetrical, but, um, basically you've got, like, an inner section, uh, which then has, like, a little gap with, like, a little bolt on the bottom and then, like, a piece on top and then an outer container that sticks out a little further. Mm -hmm. Um, and then on the back, you have several visible, like, little bolt pieces, uh, the, uh, two on the inner part, two on the outer part, and then that one in the center that is visible from the front and back, but normally... These parts are only visible from the back uh, for the actual main weapon containers. Um, it also has two of these little bolts uh, in the middle on the back, uh, right above where the uh, the actual GPO3 is slapped into this machine. Uh, for the lower half... Oh, God, okay. On the right side, you have what is essentially its arm, which is to say a cannon, though it does also have actual arms, so I guess I can't say that. You have a long cannon, though, that sticks out, um, that is, you know, just huge, uh, has a couple of little details going on with it, like, uh, on the bottom, it, it's got, like, a little fin sticking out, same with, uh, a different design of fins sticking out of the top, um, it's got some, like, little vents on the bottom of it. It does have some little struts that you can see connecting it to the middle. We know that the, be this beam rifle, this giant beam, I, I say beam rifle, this giant beam cannon can, like, move around, uh, mm -hmm. The other thing that this does, though, is it's a little... You can see a little bit of the details of it here, but all those, like, little bits on the side there, uh, it's designed kind of complex, like, on the side facing the inside, mainly because these parts open up to to give it the handle. Like, it has, like, a little swing-out set of handles. Uh, technically, four of them, it looks like, actually, looking at the swing-out here. Because um, you can see... That it's got, yeah, like, two on the bottom, two on top. So, basically, it's got a lot of handles, presumably so you can actually, like, readjust the aim without, like, messing up the arm, I'm assuming. And also control the recoil, I'm sure. Yeah, um, yeah. I, and, you know, four makes sense, because you use the one arm that is close to it, and then the three subarms you've got. Three subarms? Doesn't it have the three folding arms? It's only got a fold, one folding arm in each arm. Oh, for some reason I had, I had three. Nope. Uh, one folding arm. That oh, they fold three times. They fold three times, three times the size. I got. Yeah. I got. I got deceived by reading too quickly. Okay. Um. Oh, also, uh, I do like the one little part that like pops out there that like kind of protects the hands, like just like this little shield part that like pulls out and then pulls back. I just think that's kind of neat. Um. On the opposite side, though, um, what we have the I feel generator, uh, which is just. Almost like a, it looks almost like a big circular turbine. Like it definitely like mm -hmm. evokes like a jet turbine. Uh, it does have like a little metal piece in the middle of it. Um, but this is actually like the Ifield uh, generator on that mm -hmm. side. Um, all right, and then on the underside, so you've got 
basically a flat area with a bunch of detail on the bottom right, like a lot of like little fins sticking out and a lot of lines. But on either side, you have these two units that are hanging down that are like sticking out of these two little um, like slat or like um, segments basically at the mm-hmm. bottom. Uh, and these can pop out and open up into the claws, the claw units on the bottom. So these are basically its true arms. They just kind of pop out and down uh, and then the fronts of them pop open and it can emit two giant beam sabers from these. Uh, Love to see the Federation taking inspiration from uh, Xeon Aquatic Suits. Yep. Uh, these are a cool design. Um, they, they are the one like really interesting part because a lot of this machine, as I mentioned though, it's mostly just a flying brick. Like you get a lot of outward details of like these little like vents and cuts and like these little fins, but the shapes are actually very simple comparing this to something like, say, on a suit that we've already covered that was actually made a couple years before this. Um, the uh, the Deep Striker mm. uh, from um, uh, from Sentinel, right? Like the Deep Striker right. from Sentinel uh, is a much more complex shape, even though it's got like a lot of similar elements to this. Now this is a lot larger. But it's also way more simple in design. Um, mainly all of its complexity is just through lines on it, but like the shapes are overall pretty simple. Um, I do really like these little foldy arms on the bottom, though, uh, which is really nice. Uh, the back of this unit, you can see just up, it's just an array of thrusters and fins, basically. You've got a total mm-hmm. of six thrusters, uh, two central ones, and then those central ones have one on the outside of them and then one below them. Uh, and then in between a lot of the thrusters, you've just got these swept back fins. Um, yeah. Uh, now to go over the weapons, because yep. the reason this is a flying brick is that these are just big boxes that are able to be full of stuff. Uh, so you've got... I already mentioned the Mega Beam Cannon. This is the giant cannon. Uh, It is strong enough to just blow through a ship, basically. Um, It can also be used... I I do like that they mention it can be used as an emergency uh, charging weapon, like a lance. Now... It's it's very much like like if Amuro were to hit someone with the rifle, then they would add to the entry. It can also be used as a bludgeoning weapon. It's not what it's designed for, guys. Yeah, no, this is only used like this once, and it's used specifically... Uh, against uh, the Gerbera Tetra when the Gerbera Tetra kind of just he co-swings the uh, the gun into it while it's flying close to him um, and it you know is not able to stop itself before bashing into it and then he just fires it uh, but uh, next up is the large claw arms on the underside uh, these are able to grab enemy units uh, they also have the large beam sabers stored inside of them uh, these, uh, these do just get able, these are just able to slice through ships. Uh, we do see it, like, cutting through, like, it cuts, I believe it just cuts the bridge off of, uh, Musai, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it just flies by and then just cuts it off. Um, there are, on the Orcus weapon containers, uh, 182 micro-missile pods. Um, so, these are... Pretty cool in design. These, it's funny, because this is a design that, again, is by Hajime Katoki for the final design, but these feel very Macross in the shapes yeah. and the designs used. Now, 
to be fair, uh, if we look at some of the production art, we do know that Shoji Kawamori did do earlier designs for this. So I am betting that, you know, uh, Katoki, even though he did the final designs, probably drew some inspiration from uh, Shoji Kawamori's designs here. Because, yeah, these weapon pods are very Macross from the, you know, having all these, like, kind of, like, hive-shaped missiles in there to the, just the general shape of them being these, like, kind of, like, almost, like, semi-triangular shapes. They're actually, um, what are these, hexagons, but they're, you know, triangular. Um, with cut-off edges, yeah. Yeah, with cut-off edges. Uh, and yeah, these are just, they have a thruster on the back of them, and these launch out, and these just launch a shit ton of missiles. Um, I think also, though, I mean, Kotoki these days is, I mean, he, you know, he gets to still draw some, some, designs for things but also he's largely used as like a gunpla like fixer right yeah um, yeah for sure and i think that you know it's part of this legacy where he does still try to like this is not primarily his show and he tries to respect the art direction that was already going on you know yeah like you know he does a lot of the zeon designs but it's just it's really interesting they got him for the gundam at the end uh, out of mm-hmm. nowhere when you know it was kawamori handling all of that originally kawamori was sick I'm just saying that. By the I way. know you are. <laughs> I just, for the listener, I guess the know, listener. I don't. I don't want people. I don't want people to misunderstand. I'm just saying things. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing in Gundam Evolve episode four, for whatever reason, it has an 84 tube missile launcher instead. Uh, so it just has 28 micro missiles in each one. I guess they just modeled it slightly differently, and someone actually bothered to count it, <laughs> and was cool. like, "Oh, these aren't as many." Um. Then you've got the three tube large missile pods. Uh, these are three large missiles that have a detachable uh, small rocket on the back of the uh, launcher itself. So the large missiles are a single missile can destroy mobile suits, but it's not as strong against larger mobile weapons. Like these get deployed on the Noid Seal and don't really like do a ton to it. Uh, but they are just like a pack of three large missiles, basically. Um, and it has how many of these does it have? Um, doesn't actually say. For the 108 one, I should say, um, I believe it has one in each. So I probably, the three tube, it has one in each also. Uh, in one of the uh, Orcus's weapon containers, it also has a demolition chain, which is a rocket guider, eh, rocket guided 500 meter long cable that is encased in explosives. Inspired by the chain mine, I guess? I guess, yeah. Uh, when deployed, the demolition chain is fired toward and surrounds the intended target and then detonates in close proximity without actually uh, attaching to the target. Uh, a single demolition chain is powerful enough to destroy a Musai. Uh, this thing destroys a lot of ships. Uh, and then finally, it has all the equipment of the GPO-3S, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, it does mention here that the weapon containers... Okay, it has a set of demolition mines, so one in each, a set of three-tube missile pods, and a set of 182 micro-missile pods, and then the handheld weapons for the statement. So, yeah. So, basically, these are symmetrical. Mm-hmm. Um, it does mention a central container here. Um, we'll talk about that in a moment, but, you know, there's the I-Field generator. There's also chaff launchers all over the body uh, that can launch chaff to blind or distract enemies and also theoretically prevent homing, but that doesn't come up in Gundam, really, so I assume not actually homing uh, prevention, but that's usually what chaff is for. Uh, then for, so I mentioned that central container. So in, uh, a manga from 2000, 
uh, by Dengeki uh, Dio Magazine. Uh, there's 0083 Hero of Stardust. Uh, the artist for that seemingly drew uh, a central unit that can cover the Gundam itself, which actually, this is sick. Because look at huh. that. Uh, that is cool. I actually think that's really cool, and it protects the Gundam in the middle. Uh, the central container here looks to contain a... Uh, it doesn't say the exact amount, and I'm not counting them, but has a, a numerous amount of micro-missiles also attached to the central part of it. It looks like what it does... It, it Actually, what it looks like it does is that the armor would purge off, basically, around this, and then launch all of these missiles. It looks like 28. Yeah. Uh, three, six, seven. Because you gotta count. You gotta assume twice as many as that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Twenty-eight. Uh, plus, actually, looking at it, it looks like it has some located vertically on the top too. A row of five. Mm. Uh, you can see them on yeah. the side there. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, I think this this central unit looks great actually on there. Um, and yeah, okay, you can actually see if you look at the top, you can see the way the armor. So it doesn't just purge it off; it does just kind of pop it up uh, to launch these. I just didn't know if this is meant to be ejected later or what. It does also have a camera located on the top of it. Uh, you can see it colored in the image with all the missiles there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just something that plugs into the middle and basically protects the Gundam. I think this thing is fucking cool. Uh, that that part of it. Now, the Dendrobium itself, uh, I, it's okay. Um, the problem I have with the Dendrobium is, unfortunately, I am a fan of manga that makes the ridiculous versions of this kind of thing. And I feel like the Dendrobium is just kind of boring. Like it gets animated well. And you know, like Stardust memory looks great, but like the shape of this is really boring. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's basically just two boxes on either side. Uh, ironically enough, I think if it didn't have the boxes, I would like it a little more. Oh, because so you, what you want is the uh sta the the stamen and stamen weapon system. Whoop, that's yep. the wrong thing to copy paste. Which is uh, yeah, which is technically a variant. What this actually was is for the gun and fix figuration, they didn't want to make the whole giant central unit of the thing, so they just basically it's the stamen with all the weapons of the stamen, but without all the big parts. It's mm -hmm. like a full armor stamen almost. Yeah, I think it's actually kind of cute. I I, I, I do too. It, you know, it's 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 very bare bones in comparison, but, you know, has the cannon, which is, like, the main important part, and it has the eye field yeah. generator still. Which, that's the thing, right? Is If, if it has an eye field generator, that... Uh, the eye field generator covers the whole suit. Right. And that's when it's already a large thing, so if it doesn't have all the bulk there, I mean, I it would also cover this whole thing, theoretically. Yeah, I mean, it's not gonna stop, you know, physical weaponry, which is quite prevalent in this time. Um, that's fair. Um... I, I will say, thinking on the size of this, so the GPO-3 is huge, right? Yes, yes. Uh, like, if you've ever seen the high grade, it's huge. Look at how big that fucking eye field barrier has to be then. I know. How, how far that covers around it. It's just funny considering, like, other shows tend to go for, like, uh, I feel too expensive to do around a mobile suit, so we'll just do it around a cockpit. Um... <laughs> It's just funny that this one covers, like, the whole fucking thing. And this is, again, a giant, like... Because it's even covering, like, in front of the gun. I mean, the one, gun... Of the low key, one of the low-key themes of, of uh, 0083 is the, the ridiculous excesses of Anaheim. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is so funny, because, like, like, people have, like, you know... Like, okay, here's, here's a good example. I'm going to pull up the Deep Striker, right? Like, people will look at a lot of, like... 
things like the Deep Striker or like even the ones from AOZ and be like, damn, those are way too big. Um, and I get it, but also 0083 has them beat by quite a bit. Like, uh, here, um, here's the Deep Striker in 1/100th compared to the Dendrobium. The Deep Striker in 1/100th compared to the Dendrobium is, it's smaller, even though yeah. this is a completely different scale and it's still smaller. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. the Dendrobium's fucking huge. <laughs> And it's also worth, like, thinking about, like, we sort of let them fall into the background of our minds. How many battleships have you seen get blown up in Gundam? Those things are big. Yeah. They waste resources on shit all the time. These are actually pretty effective. Yeah. Uh, for, for those at home, also, uh, if you want to know how big the Dendrobium is, is when it's on its stand, it is taller, sta- like, vertically, than the uh, perfect grade Gundam is. This thing is fucking massive. It's really big. It's really hard to understate how massive it is because, again, like, other mobile armors, I think, kind of pale in comparison to it a lot of the time. Not all, but a lot of them do in terms of relative size. Um, Yeah, I mean, it is effect. Like, I feel like, in effect, it... (sighs) Mobile armor is the correct classification, like, definitionally, but basically it is a, like, a a cruiser or a destroyer built to fit a mobile suit inside it. Yeah, just... You know, it's, it's, it's huge. Um, though I will say there is one that rivals it that is from AOZ, and I need to share this because we've already covered the unit anyway. We've talked about the inlay mm-hmm. on here. Uh, someone mm-hmm. made a fan inlay, and let me find that real quick because I saved pictures of it the other day. Uh, I don't have the original post. Well, so while Dylan's pulling it up, it's very funny looking at the uh, the fixed figuration with the weapon system. Uh-huh. Just looking at just the exposed cannon, which is four times the size of the mobile suit right next to it. The cannon is honestly, like, also just so ridiculously huge. Again, y- the Deep Strikers cannon is like an Irish-class battleship's main cannon put onto a mobile suit, and it feels huge, but then you realize... It is, like, one-third, like, if this was properly in scale, like, in 1-100th, it's a little more than half the the length, about. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you were to scale this down to 1-144th, so they are actually even, it would probably be more accurate to say, like, the the Deep Strikers cannon's, like, one-third the size of the Dendrobiums. Um, It's just, like, (laughs) you you talk to the people at Anaheim about miniaturization, and they say, why? Just put the big thing on there. Uh... Now, the inlay, actually pretty huge. Uh, oh, God, I forgot that Discord does this now. The third image, you can see it there with the person standing next to it. Uh, that That is a custom one that someone... What scale made. is that? 1144th. That's 1144? Yeah, because if you look in the second image there, you can see the uh, the high-grade um, Heisenthal inside of it. Well, because remember, this is made of two mobile armors stacked on top of each other. Uh, from our big. episode there. It's huge. That is actually one of the bigger ones, yeah. Um... There's also, okay, so, when it comes to the Dendrobium, a uh, couple of little things to talk about. So, we mentioned there's the minor differences going on in Evolve. Uh, there's also um, the Proto Plan 3 one, uh, Prototype 3 one. Uh, this is from Anaheim Log, uh, which is a fun magazine, because it is a, it is a, a, a magazine... That is written in, it is written, like, from an in-universe perspective. The idea is it's, or, is it Anaheim Log? No, it's Anaheim something. It's, 
it's one of the Anaheim books. I have it. It is written from like an in-universe perspective. And it's supposed to be in like UC100. So all of this stuff gets declassified basically. And Anaheim is like trying to promote itself by saying, hey, look at all these cool secret weapons we worked on. Um, so it has like the GP series in there and some other stuff. Uh, it's a fun little book. Uh, this version of the GPO3 is quite a bit different though. Um, because even though it's like a cutaway of it, like it's torn apart. This is a version that would have like been able to stand because if you look at it, it has light, like giant legs. Or I shouldn't this say giant legs. This is so it has funny. Pieces that attach to the bottom of the legs there though, like feet and stuff. Um, it's basically just a more futury looking version of it. Um, I kind of dig it. Um, I, I, I cannot get over the fact that it has side pieces that have their own torso and arms carrying Sturmfausts. Uh-huh, and, like, and then, like, it has, like, a smaller weapon containers. Like, this basically looks like a compressed, um, GPO-3, right? Because even the cannon, it's a much smaller cannon on the one side. Um, mm-hmm. instead of having the eye field generator, it just has a radome, um, the back boosters are kind of just enlarged versions of the side skirts of the GPO-3 looking at them there. Um, it's just kind of an interesting design uh, thing going on here. Uh, I do like that it has... I can't tell if that is a missile or a fuel tank that drops off on the back there, like on the underside that's just like below the big central binder. Mm. Um, Hard to tell, yeah. But it is interesting, though, that this is just like a weird scaled-down... Uh, gpo3 that is like you know a little bit more simple uh speaking of which though there's another uh thing we can talk about that's kind of funny here the early design of this by shoji kawamori uh very obviously by kawamori looking at the art at least i am this has to be kawamori art like looking at it um i i don't see a signature this does not look like a toki art though right like you you see this design here right Mm -hmm. yeah this is definitely not katoki art um these are great. I wish it would have been able to have this, because in this plan of it, it looks like it would have been basically just wearing... So, we talked about a unit the other day, actually. Or, not the other day, but, like, a couple weeks ago. Um, that was from Valpurgis. Remember that? And the one from no. Valpurgis has the standing mode, the GPO3 from Valpurgis. Do you remember that? Or no? Nope. Nope. Uh, give me one sec, I'll pull it up for you. Uh, it is. It was when we were going through that uh, Mobile Suit Illustrated uh, that had like a lot of the stuff that we hadn't talked about. Give me one sec to find that. Um, but basically, the the early version, though, from Kawamori here, has like gun arms on either side. Uh, the arms are like, j- con- those bigger arms are controlled by the smaller arms, like holding a handle on them. And then like, it still has like individual legs. It's, it's, I think it's really cool looking, personally. This feels like combination, like two very specific, like one v- vague thing and one very specific thing, I guess. A combination of like a like a super robot from like the late '80s, early '90s, and then also like the the details are like someone randomly drawing a mecha and like the side art of you know some like RPG playbook, mm-hmm. because they just don't make a lot of sense. <laughs> makes sense it's got the missile pods on the top it's got a big over the shoulder I cannon mean, look at the arm why would you design it like that it's interesting but like Just it feels it so cool. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah that's what i mean um okay well this was like months ago dylan but yes 
was that months ago? I can't remember. Yes. It feels yes. recent. Anyway, that thing though. That that thing feels very similar to like the idea of this one. Yeah, the TRX007 here. Yeah. There's actually two early versions too because you've got like in that first order link that's the type B and then there's also the type A. It's just funny mm-hmm. that both of them are different versions of uh doing this. Uh the um it looks like for the other version of it, the type A one, the even more like sketchy one there, it has beam can- hyper mega beam cannons on the legs and the shoulders there. That's what those are. It does say hyper mega on either side. I like the Delphinium so much more than I like the Dendrobium. The Delphinium is really fucking cool is the thing. It's really cool. Um, well, I guess we can't really talk about the Delphinium, but, you know, what we can talk about is... You can talk about some of the variants of this machine, though, because we've talked uh-huh. about some of, like, the side... You know, these are just sketches of either the same design or one-off throwaway ones like the uh, Prototype 3, uh, Prototype Three, which only exists the illustration there. So, uh-huh. we've got... The Dendrobium Night Fighter. This is from Solomon Express, which is by uh, which is Makoto Kobayashi's design series. Um, honestly, very subdued for him. It basically just looks like a different color version of the Dendrobium. Yeah, I guess so. Um, apparently, it has a core fighter in it instead of a Gundam. Is the difference? You can see the yeah, core you can see it. Yeah, yeah, sticking out. Well, it also has to be smaller, or that's a gigantic core fighter. Yeah, I guess it is smaller. Let's see. Does it say? Yeah, because it's supposed to be a space fighter, so it has to be smaller. Um. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's just a scaled-down Orcus. It does have the eye field, though. Yeah. Uh, it's supposed to just be, what if you had a really cool space fighter, though? Um. Very subdued Okobayashi design, though, which is very funny to me, because I normally think of him for doing, like... Because this is, like, one of his more modern designs. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, like, his 2000s-era designs are things like, uh... Let me pull up this one, uh, which is like, what if you had a GPO three of the uh, of the Dom? This is the Jupiter Ghost, and like, look at this thing. That's excessive. Yeah, exactly. And he the other art he does is also quite excessive. Uh, there's also the GPO three two, the Dendrobium two. Um. This is from G Strategy, which is a game that I've desperately tried getting my hands on online, like like scans of it, because it has a lot of unique machines, uh, including the Dendrobium here two here. The Dendrobium two is a smaller, simplified version of the Dendrobium. It is also one that actually uses a core fighter. Uh, that's kind of funny that there's two different things that hmm. do that. Um, I mean, it, it, I, I think it comes to a central thing, which is like, I mean, why is the mobile suit here? Yeah, I mean, you know, in in the show, they make it so that the, you know, the the uh, Orcus explodes in just the right way for him to hop out. But, like, realistically, if that thing goes, the suit in it is going to. Yeah. I do actually like this redesign a lot more than the uh, Kobayashi one, because uh, it actually, well, I mean, it's actually a redesign. It's not just, we drew the same thing, but smaller with a core fighter in it. Um, I mean, this, this is a shmup boss. Yeah, this this looks like a ship, like a shmup, a shmup ship, right? It's got the uh, I feel generator in the center in the middle. Uh, which is kind of a cool placement for it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's got two wings swept to either side. You can still see, like, it's got the same weapon pods, but they're, like, a little bit more flat. I mean, now, I will say the art in this book for these, like, these, this kind of art is usually SDFI, so this is probably assumed to be also, like, squished a little bit more than it should be, because mm. just all the art for this book, like, the cover art is not 
SD, but all the mobile suit art on the inside is. Um, yeah, I remember some of the ones we've looked at had had the same kind of thing going on. It's like the um, was it the apparatus we looked at? Yes. Yeah. Um, but I do I do like this machine actually uh, quite a bit. Uh, it's just it's like a cute shmup boss. Uh, a lot of the same details as the dendrobium, just more the I field moved into the middle. Smaller beam cannons on either side. Uh, instead of having, you know, because it doesn't have the off-center, uh, I field. Mm-hmm. Does it mention a weird weapon here? It mentions focusing missile, and I don't know what that means. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't elaborate on that either here. <laughs> it just, you know. I, this, like, this is just me saying things, right? Don't uh, take this for anything. But you know how there are those, like, m- not, like, missiles they have that, like, uh, put out that like beam dispersing gas uh-huh. what if there was a beam like focusing like magnifying ga- gas like you hit him with these missiles and it had a gas that made the like, beams hit harder that'd be actually be pretty cool that seems kind of neat mm-hmm. um but yeah it's got so it's got the two mega beam cannons and then it's got a uh, uh, question number of large focusing missiles and small focusing missiles and then it has the i field generator and again, it's just, what if we just made this into a mobile armor slash space fighter? Like, you know, like a Federation mobile armor, which is to say a space fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is pretty cool. I, I like it. Um, And then the final variation of this machine is from that Fusion Clashes game. So it's just very goofy. Uh, this is a, the Gun Drill Horn. It is... What essentially looks like a Foon Psyche on the lower half, but with GPO-3 details. And then the upper half, uh... So, it's got the head of the GPO-3, but with a unicorn horn sticking out of the middle. Not from the unicorn Gundam, just like a, just a unicorn horn, like, in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also has, on the back of the head, uh, like, a knight crest of, you know, like, the mohawk crest. Uh... It has a cape being worn around its neck, and it has armor over the shoulders. The shoulders and arms are the same as the GPO-3's design. Can't see the torso in the art. Um, I do like that it has, for the shield on the left arm, it does just use the I-field, like, cap as the shield. And then mm-hmm. the sword in the right arm, instead of having the giant beam cannon, it's a giant unicorn horn spear. I'm, I mean, this whips. It, what? I said, this whips. Yeah, the, this, this thing rules. And then the lower half... Is basically Foon Psyche, but with details from the GPO three. Like if you look at like the knees or like the uh, the lower leg, it has the cameras, um, mm-hmm. and it has like the fancier ankle guard with like the little thruster parts on the side. Um, it also has a flaming tail. Uh, yeah, basically it looks like you turned like a weird like centaur knight guy from like a fantasy video game into a Gundam. <laughs> Do you want to talk about another one that we won't do because we already did its episode related? What? Uh, there's a full burner in one. There's the GP Cox Zero one. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's it, it's it's a peacock. It it's does a, have it's bits a, weirdly. Yeah, it has bits coming out of like full burner and pods used as bit holders and like a peacock arrangement. Yeah, this is and a, a bizarre big, suit. This is a very silly looking thing. I feel thing. like, th- this feels like a thing you would, like, draw that you had in a nightmare. Like, you're having a yes. nightmare about Gundam. Yes. <laughs> and then the, the, this is what you saw, though. Like, because all the shapes are, like, exaggerated. Like, it has these thin peacock legs. It's got, like, this really weird torso, but then it's got this huge neck. 
Um, I don't like the way the face is like elongated to make a beak. It's, <laughs> it's vaguely this is upsetting. Horrifying. Yeah, yeah it's this not. is horrifying. Well, then I guess if we're gonna talk about the uh, the GPO one's other fusion clash one, this one rules. On the other hand, this is the Dragono. Uh, this is cool. It's just a dragon GPO one FB breathing fire. It's got golden armor. It looks very much looks like an SD thing, actually, because of the golden like armor. Mm-hmm. Alright. That's it for this episode. So that's the GPO three. Yeah. Uh, if all the early UC things, goddammit. Well, six, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at 6 for the time being, S-I-X-D-E-T-T-M-A-R. You can pin me there for any questions, comments, requests for this show, and stuff for any other Scanline shows, which can be found at scanlinemedia.com or patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. Dylan, what about you? Uh, you can find me at LowPolyRobot on Twitter and co-host. Uh, haven't been posting too much. I've been distracted with playing RPGs on my 3DS still. Uh... I finished a game called The Alliance Alive. It's actually a pretty fun oh, game. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I like it that quite game. a bit. Uh, it's just a cute little game. Um, very quick to beat, actually, especially because, like, I found out that, it, you know, like a lot of these games, it's like, oh, it has new game plus only features. And while skipping, like, all the dialogue and movies, uh, turns out you can get back to, like, the point of no return endgame in, like, seven hours about just playing casually, hmm. which is pretty quick, I think. And I'm just going through and looking at all the optional New Game Plus stuff, and then I'm probably going to take it off my 3DS because yet another game I just randomly beat uh, alongside Project Cross Zone 2, which made me annoyed. It was a fine game. It wasn't, like, terrible. I definitely see what people meant when they said, oh, God, uh, this battle system. The battle system at first is like, damn, these are really cool animations, and it's fun to come up with combos. It's like Valkyrie Profile, but flashier. Uh, and then the battles start lasting way too long because mm. there's long animations and you, you know, you have so many enemies on the field and you have so many characters you're controlling. And like all crossover games, uh, I complained about this on Twitter, but quick thing. It, it does the thing of like having the characters just kind of have to be caricatures of themselves because, you know, it's a crossover game with, like, a billion characters from three different companies in this case. Uh, you're not going to have all the original writers writing them. And, like, sometimes, you know, like, sometimes you want a comfy crossover like that, right? Where you're like, oh, look, it's these people I like interacting, right? That's fun. Mm -hmm. um, and there, there are fun jokes in it, right? Like, you know, and goofy things like, anytime Segata Senshiro is doing anything in the game, I think it's very funny. Because everyone's just like, what are you on about? But then all the Sega characters know who he is, which I thought was a cute touch. <laughs> uh, like, they, they're like, oh, yeah, that's just Sagata Sanchiro. He just, he hangs out with us every now and then. Um, but, yeah. Uh, on the other hand, though, God, I wish, like, something like this, or especially, like, Super Robot Wars, would be willing to just decide, hey, these two characters from a different series, even though they're both, like, the protagonists, hate each other so much that they cannot work with each other on this side. And they're on different, like, they, I know why they can't do that, because they only can have one story with one side. I get mm -hmm. it. But god, imagine how great it would be if you could have a game where, like, the protagonists just, like, from different series hated each other. 
Because they would. Because ideologies are different from series to series. Anyway. I, I mean, I'm playing fucking, you know, SRW30, like, you know, one map every couple of months. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it really is a trip playing it and having, you know, Char go on his great apology tour for trying to save humanity. It fucking sucks, man. It's the only way he can be a good guy still is, yeah. It feels like they don't... Especially with Gundam, like... There are certain characters that would not work together, actually, from show to show. Or, yeah. like... I Especially, like, when you're gonna start getting SRW games that are gonna have, like, IBO involved in them now and stuff. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. Like, I cannot see Tekkenan working with, like, I don't know, like, Amuro One-Year War era. Or, like, working with the Federation. Or Xeon, for that matter. Either side, right? Like, that's the thing. Like, there are, like, people who have ideological factions that would go beyond working for, like, certain sides, I think. I don't know. It's well, just... I think I think it's different, like, when you have, like... The thing that SRW30 does that is kind of cheap is that a lot of these characters are just sort of pulled out of their own timelines... Yeah, and, that's like, always the problem. If you have just Mika here, he'll work with somebody. Sure, he doesn't care. That's the thing, right? It's like, the universe is always... I mean, it's the same way that, like, the reason why Char's plan falls apart in the face of a lot of SRW games for, like, CCA is because, oh, right, this is an Earth that is also, like, full of all the super robot guys and, like, it's not got the big space migration from uh, First Gundam where the Earth actually only has, like, a small population and... Uh, the Federation is actually the Federation and also this other group and also this other group. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Yeah. That's, it just dropping access has a different Dropping Axis has a different context when there's a possibility of the Shin-Getter G showing up, you know? Yeah. Or or the fact that, like, you know, the, the population of Earth is not where... is not the minority anymore in the, in the right. universe in terms right. of just population numbers. Um, it's It just doesn't really work the same way. I'm beginning I, I, to think that Super Robot Wars might have some thematic issues. I mean, it's going to, yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. But again, sometimes it's also just fun seeing the characters interact. I can't, it, I won't say I'm above that, right? Like, sure. you know, when I have, when you have like Super Robot Wars Z and you get like interactions, or like Z2 uh, and you have interactions between like, uh, you know, characters from Double O and characters from Wing, it's like, damn, this is funny. You know, I enjoy this. I even appreciate, like, it is it is a bummer in SRW30 that all the DLC characters can't really contribute, right? Because mm -hmm. they, they just don't write them into scenes. Except for Kiriko, because Kiriko just shows up and is like, Kiriko, we need you to help. And he's like, okay. And he just walks to his room. <laughs> he just doesn't talk to anyone. Could you imagine, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, so we're at the very end of the show, um, and we've already I've already done my plug anyway. Uh, so minor note about uh, uh, the future Gundam that people will watch. Oh, geez, I forgot about this part. Uh, okay, sorry, I guess we do have to amend the spoiler warning real quick. Uh, the episode is basically over. We just pitter around for another couple of minutes. If you want to tap out here, feel free to, because we're about to talk spoilers about characterization details for main characters of Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway and Mobile Suit Gundam Thunderbolt. We talk about some of those characters there and how they relate to the broader conflict and socioeconomic tensions of the Universal Century. Um, 
And those are obviously way in the future of the Great Gundam Project. So, you know, make the right decision for you. Could you imagine Hathaway being, like, like just, like, the Hathaway, the character from that movie, being in, like, the same timeline as, like, something like, I don't know, even CCA, right? It's, it's really... It would just it, break everything down. It would have to be what the game became about. Yeah, because there's just nothing... You, because they're not going to make Lane Aim be the character that is on Amro's side of part of Lando Bell, even though that would be the thing that makes complete sense. Um, but they wouldn't do that. <laughs> because they would be like, well, Hathaway's the protagonist, so he has to be the character you get. You know, like... It's just, a, just... <laughs> just imagine Hathaway, like, getting... Hath- that Hathaway getting to have a conversation with young Amaro. Or imagine if they put Thunderbolts in something. Yeah. Because if they put Thunderbolts in something, what are they going to do? Have you get EO Fleming and have him be, like, in his, like, murder horny? Like, the whole time I you mean, have him? That wouldn't really affect anything. He's just, he's just like, gaha, I'm the Gundam Joker. But, but what I mean is, but they're going to make him be on your side because he's the Federation point of view character. They're not going to put, they can't give you Daryl. Yeah, that's true. That's the problem, right? Is like, I, I it would just, uh, there are certain Gundam things that I feel would fundamentally break stuff if they uh, were, you know, mm-hmm. put into, into things like this. Which I guess we'll see. They'll probably end up in them eventually, so. What we really need is for them to put the Titans test team in. Mm. Oh, God. With their, with their complicated ideology. <laughs> well, the Titans test team gets to cheat because they just go, uh, their main pilot just goes, oh, actually, the Titans are evil, so I'm just going to betray them at the end. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, they have their cake and they eat it, too. Like, you know, not to mention, like, the Titans test team doesn't necessarily get involved in, like, the Titans operations. So they have that out written for them, you know? Which is, it's, it's a cheap out, but they have that. It's, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's like the opposite, right? Where the Titans test team is like, the ends, very bad. The means, very good. <laughs> I mean, the Titans do just give us infinite budget and we do like making things. <laughs> and they'll decide not to, finally. Um, anyway. All right. I think we're done for now. I guess so. Time for our ending quote. Yep. I love carrots. <laughs> Peace. Yeah.